to the ExtraordinaryChurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Praise God. Uh, it was just recently I took a seat in this dimly lit theater. Little did I know that the next 90 minutes would leave an indelible impression upon my heart and my soul. The play titled The Yard presented the talented presented by these talented students of Hampton University. It unfolded right before my very eyes, unveiling the life of a man I had never met, my grandfather. It was a powerful production that blessed me in ways and that I could never have imagined uh, as I witnessed the portrayal of his struggles, his triumphs, and the essence of his being. It stirred something deep within me. The play became more than just a story. It became a conduit for a divine message today, the blessing. In the words of Proverbs 13, 22, it reminded me that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. As the realization washed over me, I understood that there are certain traits, that uh, there are certain visions and trajectories woven into the fabric of my existence because of Lewis Thompson, my grandfather, and my namesake. My name is Akil Lewis Thompson. Life has a way of throwing challenges and issues at all of us, especially unforeseen circumstances and situations that you and I were not planning on that sometimes reveal how weak and inept and how unable we are in our own strength to be the man or the woman God's called us to be to be the person that God has called us to be. I've always said, if you want to know who somebody is, let a good trial come their way. The reality of it is, if we got to choose what happened in our life, if we could craft things and if we could shape things, if we could arrange things in just such an order that it allowed us to prepare for what those things that were coming, we would come out looking a whole lot stronger. But the fact of the matter is sometimes we go through issues and we go through situations that expose our faults. They expose our vulnerabilities and leave us feeling like, like mere, uh, even if we're just, but it makes no difference who you are. It leaves us feeling like we don't have what it takes to do what God called us to do. We don't have it all together. You and I are not faultless. Can somebody say Amen. This is why we say we're the perfect church for imperfect people because I don't want anybody coming in here to fake the funk or to make me think that you have it all together because you can stop right now. I know you don't have it all together. I know you've got issues. I know you've got vulnerabilities. I know you are not faultless and the man preaching to you today is not faultless. In fact, if the unfiltered testimony of all of us were thrown up on that screen and everybody could see the things that we know about our lives and the things that we are dealing with, the things that we are struggling with and the faults and the failures, all the flaws that we try to hide, nobody would want to hear me preach. Nobody would want to hear some people saying, I'm talking about, I'm talking about that unedited testimony. 
We got too many people out here living the Instagram lie. Don't you ever forget where God brought you from. Don't you forever forget, don't you ever forget what he did in your life. But here's what we like to do. We like to sterilize things. It's the result of living in an Instagram world. So I want you to check this video out about the Instagram lie. That's exactly what we do. But I'm talking about the unedited testimony of who you really are. If people knew who we really were or who we really are, like God knows who we really are, they would be afraid. We are afraid of how people would treat us. The fact of the matter is God does not look for faultless, flawless people. God is not looking for perfection. You miss it. You get bogged down and you get warped in your understanding thinking God is looking for perfection. That's a lie of religion, but that is not the truth of Christianity. When it comes to establishing his kingdom and establishing families that are solid and full of blessing, I want to tell you right now, faithfulness trumps flawlessness. And everybody in this building, I don't care how many tongues you talk in, I don't care how many spiritual gifts you have operating in your life, I don't care how long you've been coming to church, how many scriptures you can quote, everybody in this building has some sort of flaw in your life. If you've been walking with them for any amount of time, then you know in his, in your weakness, his strength is made perfect. The good news is this, God will work through you despite your flaws if yeah that's a reason to give him praise if you remain a man or a woman of faith somebody say faith see today our passage comes from a very popular uh, excerpt of scripture from the new testament it's it's beginnings are quoted and preached all the time it starts off now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen i read it to you out of the new living but what transpires after this statement in Hebrews 11 is an itemization or a catalog of the heroes of faith throughout biblical history as they stand out in the mind of the writer of Hebrews. It highlights amazing and extraordinary feats of men and women that allowed themselves to be heaven's access points in their lives and in their region. And what's interesting to me is that every one of the patriarchs that we know about in the Old Testament, Abraham, namely Abraham, I'm going to pack something here in a moment that just messed me up that I saw this morning that I hadn't seen ever before. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all of them were mentioned here in the Hall of Faith. Just read it, Hebrews 11. But here's what I want you to catch. All of the patriarchs operating by faith, their faith was not about how extraordinary they were. Their faith was an operation to produce blessing in the next generation. <laughs> we don't talk about the blessing of the faith of Abraham. We call him the father of faith. See, Abraham was the father of faith, but his faith was really a revelation of what God does through a man who believes God, and he will finish what he started in Abraham, not in Abraham's life, hear me, but through his children and his children's children. You got to catch this. You got you, you to let this get in your spirit. And what I'm trying to tell you is we've reduced faith to something that we use to get what we want in our personal lives. But if the patriarchs teach us anything about faith in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, 
It's that their faith was not just about getting what they wanted. Their faith was not just about what their faith could get them. The faith of Abraham, I need you to hear me. The faith of Abraham was not about what God, oh, this is what it was about. It was about what God was trying to do in his offspring. Watch this. Look at, look at Genesis 12. I have preached this every which way. And I'm going to preach it another way. Check this out. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land I'm going to show you. Now look at verse 2. I will make you into a great nation. Now, stick with me. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken in to his household at Haran and headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abraham traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the Oak of Morah. At that time, the area was inhabited by the Canaanites. Check this out, right? Look at verse 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abraham built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. The faith of Isaac was what God was trying to do in Isaac's offspring. The faith of Jacob, as we'll see in the scripture today, is what God was trying to do through the offspring of Jacob. And we have lost, we have lost this understanding of faith. See, I read it to you, Proverbs 13, 22. Good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren. We often look at what faith does for us personally, but our faith is not what God is just about to give us. If we reduce faith to just getting new, nice shoes, if we reduce faith to getting a new house or a new car or a new whatever it is, can I tell you, faith is not about you getting something to something that's going to be better for you. Faith is about the next generation and the generation after that. Faith is not about getting more stuff. Faith has never been about that. Faith, when God spoke to Abraham and said, get up, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something, Abram, that I'm going to do through you for your descendants. I want y'all to show them the picture of uh, my grandfather and my, my grandmother, September 3rd, 1946, when they got married. I never had the chance to, to meet Lewis Thompson in person. We called my grandmother, we called her Big Mama. And so she would tell us stories. Never met him, never, but I would just, of course, I'd call him Big Daddy. Uh, and I would say, 
tell us some stories. Um, there's some things that I learned about my grandfather that I wish I could unpack in this message that I realized and that I learned as I watched a, a glimpse or an excerpt of his life unfold and be produced by Hampton University that are resonating live and well in me today. And I understand, I don't know if he knew all at that point in time because he too was a man of faith, but I wondered if he knew at that point with what he was doing and why he was doing it was not about him, but I have this suspicion that's been driving me, helping me understand that it wasn't just about the next generation who was before him, his son. He was looking towards his son's son. Oh, he never even saw him with natural eyes. I'm trying to encourage someone today to just keep believing because what God is going to do in your life is not always about the right here and now. It's about your children and your children's children being delivered and walking in the victory and plan that God has on their life. Praise God. You can put it down. Faith is about what you believe in God so that God can release it in your sons and daughters. Something greater, a greater measure than he's already released in you. This is why we say no perfect people allowed at EC. I believe it's one of our uh, biblical core values. Uh, the Bible is true. Thank you, Pastor Barry. The Bible is true. The Bible is true. And therefore, if the Bible is truth, you need to know that the Bible tells the truth about the people in it. You will not find one perfect person except Jesus Christ. You will not find one functional family. Now, you will find many dysfunctional, ordinary people. If you don't believe me, start reading your Bible. Because some of y'all looking at me like, that can't be true. Just open up the pages. You won't get to Genesis 3. <laughs> and realize, oh my God, he is telling the truth. But then you'll flip to 4. You'll be like, did he kill his brother? Folks, every chapter, you'll be like, oh my God. <gasps> I, I know I'm not that bad. What am I trying to get you to understand? Jacob, Jacob, if, if I was going to preach and I wanted to, I was torn, I could have preached on Abraham. Maybe I should have preached on Abraham because Abraham got his issues. He got his flaws, but not like Jacob. And I could have preached on, you know, Jacob. I, I could have preached on Isaac. Isaac got issues. Boy, his marriage was, uh, it was interesting. It was interesting. We're just going to leave it at like that. His, his relationship with his kids was really bizarre. And, and, and while he started off in faith, he didn't end as well as he could have ended. By the way, let me just put this in your pocket. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. But, 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 but Jacob has issues, not like his dad or his grandfather. As a matter of fact, Jacob's name announces his issues. I mean, like my, my father, whenever we were being disciplined, uh, you know, I told, I've told you all this before, but all of our, my father was very strategic and intentional about giving us names that have purpose uh, and uh, meaning. And so, Akil, uh, it means one who uses reason. And whenever I was not using that, before I was ever disciplined, he would just say, what is your name? And I, what does your name mean? And then I'd be like, okay, my name means, and he said, I want you to begin to exercise that. Because Jacob 
his name announced his issue. You walk in the door and everybody's like, what's up, Jacob? What they're saying is, what's up, liar? Oh, the deceiver. You know, you know why they say, what's up, Jacob? Because everybody like, hide your stuff. Hide your wife, hide your kids. I'm sorry. Uh-oh, Jacob's in the house and that man has history. I wish I could tell you that he developed this issue over time. But the reality of it is he was born with it. He was born, coming out the womb, he was grabbing the heel of his older brother. How many, I'm telling you, he was trying to get what didn't belong to him. How many know, you got to understand, you don't have, I, I didn't have to teach Mia and Lincoln as wonderful as they are. I didn't have to teach them how to fall out when they didn't get their way. I didn't have to teach them how to lie. Let me just help you out right now. Some of y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Your kids, nobody, you didn't have to teach them to lie. You didn't have to teach them to be selfish. Thank you, Pastor Barry, for being, Nadine, like, looking at him like, what? No, it's true. All your babies got issues. Nobody had to teach us how to sin. We were born into it. David tells us in the 51st Psalm, in sin was I shapen, in iniquity was I conceived. Nobody had to teach Jacob how to sin. Nobody had to teach him how to be a liar. Nobody had to teach him how to live with flaws. He was born with an issue on the inside of him, grabbing his, his brother's heel because he was trying to take what didn't belong to him. And his whole life is one of deception, Sue, taking what didn't belong to him. He was, if, if you read this stuff, you can't make this up. Dude was so confident in his ability to deceive and to manipulate and to scheme, he put on animal skin to convince his father that he was his older brother Esau. Now his daddy was old and blind at that time, but he did it so that he would get the blessing of his brother. He told his other brother, he lied to him and deceived him and tricked him right out of his birthright for a pot of soup. That wasn't mm, mm, good. What am I trying to tell you today? I'm trying to tell you Jacob has flaws. Somebody say flaws. I cannot come to this pulpit on Father's Day and talk to you about being a man or a woman of blessing without preaching to you that sometimes God will take the flawed, messed up people in our day in, day out lives and he will work through them. Because at the end of the day, when he started looking for perfect people, he found none. I'm thankful he doesn't require perfection. I want you to just get that out of your thought process right now. God is not looking for perfection. God is looking for somebody who will exercise faith. And when you fall down, get back up and put one foot in front of the other. Keep picking them up and keep putting them down. Because you know God has called you. Your hand or your heart is pointed toward heaven and the kingdom. And you'll respond and do what God tells you to do. You might make some mistakes along the way. You need to own that. But now is not the time to give up now was the time to realize faith is how you get things done by faith by faith by faith so we have Jacob today I'm almost embarrassed because if I if the way I'm preaching about him I I'm trying to tell you to emulate him but yet at the same time I'm kind of like if you read about him you might be like uh, 
You know, he's not necessarily someone that you should look up to or look after. He's not someone that you would try to emulate uh, because there was a season in his life where he violated so much that God asked of us. And and he did things in a way that was so contrary to the mind of God, the will of God. But I'm thankful that we serve a God of mercy that allowed another season to come in Jacob's life. God will give you the opportunity to rewrite your story. Dad, you need to hear me. God will give you the opportunity to rewrite your story. You are not defined by your past, but you can decide, I'm going to live the rest of my life for the glory of God. You can decide, I'm going to give God everything that I have. The one season might have defined me, and it might not have been a glorious one. And Yes, I'm not trying to hide that and edit all that out, but now when I look back over my life and I realize I made a decision to live for God, to serve God, to honor God, I'm going to let God get the rest of my life the best of the rest of my years I'm going to honor God somebody ought to give him praise I may have cheated I may have lied I may have deceived but just because I've done that before doesn't mean I have to stay that way forever God will do a work in my life his mercies are made new every morning he can make me unrecognizable to my past Jacob decided I'm not going to live like this anymore Ooh, there's something about it when you get to that place you're not gonna live like that anymore you know that you've had enough that you just you you done playing games and Jacob had gotten to this point and he actually wrestles with God he wrestled with him at a place called Pinel if I'm pronouncing that correctly he wrestled with God and, and he said I'm not gonna let you go till you bless me if I had time to teach this oh Lord I don't, but Jacob got a name change to that kind of attitude, that kind of determination, that kind of purpose, that kind of resilience, that kind of resolve. Change, change, change. See, the extraordinary awaits us when we purpose in our hearts to not let go. There is a place that you can get to where you're so fed up with your previous life. You can wrestle with God and God will transform you. But people who let go Never get the transformation. Some people let go and they never get their name changed. But there's some people in this room today that have decided, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on with both hands. I'm going to hold on with both feet. I'm going to hold, if I got to bite, I'm going to do whatever I got to do. And because you held on, he held on to you and he refused to leave you the same way you came. Just like he changed Jacob's walk, he'll change your walk. Jacob said, I will not let go until you bless me. And God said, all right, now that I know you're in this and you're no longer going to be fickle, I'm going to touch you and you'll never walk the same way again. And even though you walk with a limp, I'm going to bless you from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. I'm going to bless you in such a way that you'll have favor and power with all humanity. I I don't know about you, but I'm going to take a break and just give God praise because I know he changed my life. He changed my life when I decided I wasn't going to let go. 
I don't know about you, but when I decided, you know what, I'm no longer just going to be a Sunday Christian. I'm going to show up every time the house of God is open. You know what I was saying? I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to be some compartmentalized Christian and say, you know what, you can have this area of my life, but you can't have that area of my life. When I said, God, you can have the relationships, you can have the money, you can have my future, you can have my purpose, you can have where I live, where I don't live, makes me no difference. I'm not going to be that compartmentalized. I'm not letting go of what you want to do in my life. I'm not going to show up on Sunday and disconnect throughout the rest of the week and just give God the remainders of what I've got. I'm going to come in and give God everything that I have with all that's within me. My soul will magnify him. My soul will bless him. I'm not letting go. If you don't want to let go of him, if you've made up your mind, you're going to grab a hold of him, you need to give him praise. You need to say, I'm still here because I've held on. The reason why you made it through hell is because you held on. The reason why you made it through the storm is because you held on. Somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. Now's not the time to give up or give in. Now's the time to hold on. Woo. God turned his life upside down. The Bible tells us it was by faith. By faith. This man Jacob, nor who was a mess and a wreck, who had issues and flaws, changed the world, Savior, by faith. So I say by faith. By faith. He didn't do it by feeling. Are y'all hearing me? He didn't do it by his own strength. Are y'all hearing me? Whatever he's getting ready to show us, He did it by faith. Sometimes you just got to be a dad by faith. Sometimes you got to be a mom by faith. Sometimes you got to be a, oh, y'all not going to help me today. Sometimes you got to be a spouse by faith. Oh, Jesus. Sometimes you're going to have to be who God has called you to be by faith. You might not feel it, but by faith. You might not see it, but by faith. I'm helping somebody today. I'm going to preach this thing until I get happy. I'm telling you it's by faith. Sometimes you got to stop resting on how you feel and stop resting on your resume. Stop having all the confidence in your abilities. Sometimes you got to do things by faith. The Bible says this man who had flaws and failures is getting ready to bless his grandchildren. Now this this is crazy. This is crazy because there is a generational blessing in this. See, all the time, this is, isn't this so crazy? We get caught up, we talking about generational curses. Oh, this, Pastor, help me, this generational curse on my life. And, and, and really, what, what, what they're saying is, and I, 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 I get it, I believe, believe me. I got so much I want to say. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not denying the, the reality of generational curses and destructive habits that were modeled to us, that we embrace and... Uh, things that were spoken over our lives that we believe and we buy into. And this is why you have to, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ, you have to debase, you have to punish through your submission to the lordship of Jesus Christ and his word. If you don't do that, your brain will be riddled with a bunch of lies and accusations that you will believe to be true. They will immobilize you. You'll be standing here wondering what God is doing, not getting what God has for you because you believe the lie of the enemy. I'm here to tell you we serve the curse breaker. 
the moment you were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, the moment you were, I'm telling you the truth, every curse is gone. You have been severed from that. You are now a new creation. You are not, you are not bound by old ways. You are not bound by the things people spoke over you. You are brand new in Jesus Christ. All things have passed away. All things are new. But there's generational blessings. We talk about blessing people. We talking about blessing people. Like Isaiah. Praise God. I see you, son. Blessing. That generational blessing. He just fixed too. Praise God. That's it. Look at him. Look at him. No, don't look at Sarah too hard now. Praise God. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he stopped looking at me and looked at Sarah and was like, You like this? She likes chocolate. You're just a little too young. Praise God. So, some of y'all didn't catch that, praise God. Why did Bella look at me like this? <laughs> Bella was not amused. She was like this. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. That thing was throwing all kind of shade at me. She was like, she's like, just get to the book. Just get to the text. Okay. Generational curses. I got the generational curses, the chocolate. Help me, Lord. Generational blessings. Dad is not just going to bless his children, but his grandchildren. Now, now watch this. So there is, uh, okay, let's talk about uh, exponential blessings. If I say... 10 to the third power, okay, Pastor Barry is a chemist, right? So he understands 10, I'm not talking about 10 times 3, because 10 times 3 would be what? Okay, we got, thank you. We got, some, we got some mathematicians in the house. I was a little concerned. Some of y'all was like this. Y'all was looking down like, don't call on me. I'm like, 10 times 3, y'all. 10 times 3, 30, 30, okay. But exponential, so 10 to the third power. Woo, y'all quick on praise God. 10, that's 1,000. I was about to, that's 10 times 10, which is 100, times 10, which is 1,000. Could somebody say amen? See, God will take a man or woman of faith if he has faith. Even though he has flaws, he will bless the man or woman with faith in his next generation exponentially. I'm about to run all over this place. How do I know this? Because Abraham started off as a man of faith. He started off just as a man. He became a family. But God blessed his offspring exponentially, who went into Egypt as a family, but came out as a nation. Y'all missing what I'm saying. If you have faith, I didn't say if you had perfection, but if you can live by faith and keep living by faith, what you may not see in the natural doesn't mean it is not happening. It means that God who started something in you is going to exponentially finish something in your offspring. Whew. Oh, what am I trying to tell you? Just keep hanging on. Keep believing. 
you're going to see God break some stuff off your house. You're going to see God break some stuff off your family. You're going to see God breaks. I've, the Lord told me this a while ago. He said, son, the things you struggle with, your son will not struggle with. I, I rejoiced in that. I'm telling you what, just stay in faith. Stay in faith. Stay in faith. Keep believing. Keep, I almost brought out that old Mickey Mangan song, keep believing. Even when you don't feel like you got any faith, just keep believing. Staying in as much faith as you have because you have been given a measure of faith is what the Bible tells us. I'm going to keep believing God. You know what? I believe God has great and mighty things in store for this region. And it may not all happen while I'm in the land of the living, but it doesn't mean that I haven't seen it in the spirit. I'm trying to tell you, it's not just about me. You got to get over this mentality of let me get minds and do what I'm trying to do. God is trying to help you understand. He's trying to raise up a generation through you and your generations after you that are going to turn the world upside down. It's through faith. I'm a believe God. And here's the crazy thing. You know what? When Jacob is blessing, how many time is it? Oh, it's 432. Help me, Lord. Okay. Praise God. It is Father's Day. Y'all give me a little extra time. Praise God. I'm going to bless you because this is crazy. Jacob didn't release the blessing over his children's lives until he was getting ready to die. Now, most of you look at me and say, now, Jacob, most believe he lived to be 147. Why would you wait so long? What, what, what's going on, Jacob? Why did you wait until the very end? What am I trying to tell you? This makes no difference how much time you have wasted. As long as you are living, there is still an opportunity, Dad, for you to release blessings over your children. Even if it means you're on your deathbed. Whew, I, thought that was, I thought somebody else was going to get happy about that. Has there ever been somebody in this place where you feel like you've blown opportunities? You feel like you've missed it. You feel like you've missed some seasons in your life. And the enemy whispers in your ear and says, yep, you'll never get that back. I want to tell you, you don't have to get that back. Hear me. He wants you to focus on what you've lost. But I'm here to tell you that God will use what is left. To release a blessing over your sons and your daughters. You have enough time in your life left to release something that will shape and change the trajectory of the future of your family. You have time to make a difference for the glory of God. Ooh, if, you, if you'll stop looking back. Stop looking back to the good old days. Stop looking back what happened yesterday. Stop looking back to who used to be there and realize, my God, I've got purpose. I've got mission. I've got breath in my body. I'm going to do this by faith. I thought they might be with me, but they're not with me anymore. I thought I might be here, but I'm not there, but I'm this place. But by faith, I'm going to pick them up and put them down and watch God do something not only in my life, but in the life of my children and the life of my children's children because this is not about me, but this is about a God who can release a generational blessing that will change the trajectory of my lineage when he called me out of darkness I don't know if I'll get a chance to meet them but he called my children's children out of darkness and called them into his marvelous light I'm telling you God will do it it's the blessing and I want to release a blessing over my children I want to release a blessing you've got enough time to release the blessing so I'm here to encourage you. There's some parents who feel like, you know what, man, some dads in here feel like I got in the game too late, Pastor Keel. 
That's a lie. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. Hear me, hear me. We can all say we've been there, done that. We've all, we all, but what am I trying to tell you is this story teaches us that even at the end of his life, he still changed the future of his family by faith. <laughs> by faith, when he was dying, Jodell, barely breathing, gasping for breath, changed the life of his family. Jacob, he blesses the sons of Joseph. Joseph, if you don't know, Joseph was by way of Rachel. And uh, Jacob has 12 children. They become the 12 tribes of Israel. One of them is Joseph. Joseph is a beloved son of Jacob. And many of you know this because he has a coat of many colors. He is the favorite son. And even though the father loved him, the favor on his life caused his brothers to despise him. That's another topic for another time. (laughs) Praise God. So the Bible says they threw this man in a pit and sold him. They actually... Uh, faked his death. They went back and told, hey, your beloved son has been murdered by a bunch of savage beasts. And Jacob just about lost his ever-living mind, went into a depression, if you will, and to, uh, he didn't even want to be detached from his other son. He said, don't let him out of my sight. I feel like I couldn't take the loss of another. It would be completely over for me. So I can't lose this one. And so they faked and staged his death. They wanted to kill him, but they said, no, let's not kill him. I think it was the younger of the siblings that said, you know, we'll, we'll take him into Egyptian slavery. And uh, what he didn't know, when Jacob thought his son was dead, he was really in Egyptian slavery. And so uh, his son was not dead. His son was not gone. His son was in Egyptian bondage, sold first to the Midianites, then taken to the house of Potiphar, lied on by Potiphar's wife because of that, thrown into an Egyptian prison, lived there in prison, and was met by a butler and a baker who had dreams, and eventually gets promoted to the viceroy or vice president of Egypt, and becomes the vice president over all of Egypt. And one day, I've just given you about a hundred years of history. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to speed up. Praise God. They they, they have this famine, and this famine hits, and his brothers go looking for food, and they don't even, they're like, we got to go get some food, and they go to Egypt to get some food, and they don't even recognize his brother because he doesn't look like what he's been through. So they don't recognize him, and they don't recognize his influence. The famine hits, and uh, Joseph, is he helps his family. He actually saves the entire nation. They've got this pop style of food. Really, the earth is blessed because of Joseph and the wisdom and the favor that God has and all that he went through. Like we talked about, all things are working together for the good. You see that in Joseph's life. And to make a long story short, Joseph didn't look like what he'd been through. He reconciles with his brothers, and, and there's this blessing that comes to pass. Now, he has two boys, Manasseh and Ephraim. Manasseh was the firstborn. Ephraim, the last, okay? Hebrew culture is that the firstborn receives the blessing. Stick with me. Firstborn receives the blessing. On his deathbed, just a little bit of life left. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, and you can find this entire story in Genesis 48. While he's on his deathbed, Joseph brings these two boys that he had with him in Egypt. He brings them to his father, Manasseh and Ephraim, into Jacob's bedroom. And he, Joseph positions them. He lines them up. He lines them up to be blessed. 
so that the right hand of Jacob comes on the head of the elder Manasseh and that the left hand of Jacob comes on the hand of Ephraim. Why? Because the right hand is the right hand of birthright, of blessing. And the eldest son is the one who is expected to receive the birthright and the blessing. And the younger son would get basically from the left side the leftovers. Joseph lines up according to what man would do. He brings his sons to his dad, Jacob. And he wants Jacob to release a blessing. So we have Manasseh and we have Ephraim. And he brings them up to receive the blessing. I don't want you to miss this. This is crazy. In the last minute, the last minute, can you imagine Joseph is probably like, oh, I never even thought I'd have children. And now, I, I never thought I'd see my dad again. God has done all of this, and he's about to bless my first son. This is going to be crazy. And you know what Jacob does? <laughs> Mixes it up. <laughs> Joseph lines it up according to tradition. Oh, God. Joseph lines it up according to man-made expectations. But this is why Jacob had to do it by faith. <laughs> because when you do it by faith, it breaks all man-made laws. It doesn't make sense. You've heard me tell you that before. It's supposed to make faith. And while he's getting ready to bless somebody and release blessing, sometimes you got to understand that he's not going to do it the way you always expect him to do it. Because it made sense to Joseph and it made sense to everybody else. But I'm telling you, God was doing a work in Jacob where he mixed it up. You need to thank God right now that you didn't get what you deserve because God mixed it up. He crossed it up. The very fact that you're here today is because it crossed it up. You were last in line, but now God made you first. You were the tail, but now you are the head. You were lost, but now you are found. God mixed it up. I'm telling you, it's the cross. We were lost, but now we're found. We were bound, but now we're free. God mixed it up. He'll mix up. You were cursed, but now you're blessed not only are you blessed you're blessed coming in and going out the blessing of God is all on your life not only is it all on your life everything that you need you've got that pertains to life and godliness Ooh, and I just want to give him praise because he crossed it up in my life I was not next in line I wasn't even in the building nobody even knew my name but at the last minute God crossed it up. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the cross. Y'all not hearing me today. I'm thankful for the cross. Because the cross changes everything. The cross changes everything. The cross is greater than any mistake you will have ever made. The cross has the ability to pull you out of confusion and heartache and depression and pull you into joy, peace. Ooh, there's a blessing in this place today. Ooh, I feel it. I, I, I'm telling. I feel the atmosphere is ripe with blessing. Somebody's coming into an understanding that this is what He has for me. I feel like we got to close right now because I feel like the Lord wants to do something. Why don't you stand all over this place? 
Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.